This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party After Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, joined as always by Ben Ross. Ben, how's it going? Doing well, thinking I could shoot a little bit better from the free throw line than some of our beloved Hawkeyes, but... You know, I'm not sure if I could do much else. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think your recap said it pretty well. It's like, that would be the first thing we point to if Iowa had lost, leaving 12 points at the line. And then you kind of go down the list and really it's like, uh, the guys who missed free throws are the guys who don't necessarily take free throws all the time. I mean, like, to me, Perkins missing one, that stinks. McCaffrey... Both McCaffrey's missing one stinks. Uh, Garza missing six. You know, he'd like to have those back, but it's what it is. And then Toussaint, four of six. So add it all together, 66%, which isn't all that fun, but you take wins however you can get them. I mean, yeah, win's a win. You mentioned, you know, that's the thing we'd point at. I think it's the only thing we could point at uh, as a loss. It's just you don't. If really, we, you don't deserve to lose a win a game when you shoot that poorly. Thankfully, honestly, you know Michigan State wasn't as good really as their final score, and I think box score shows really uh, they kind of lived and lived and died by uh, Henry Aaron there, in, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I don't think it's totally unfair to say. I just don't. Um, Gosh, I'm looking at their plus minus. They only had two players on the entire roster, and uh, with up uh, with in the plus, and your and your favorite plus minus stat, which is just funny. Uh, but uh, my my point is, you know, I think Iowa played very very poorly, and Michigan State over overperformed. I think Iowa underperformed, and you know, Michigan State overperformed. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I think we maybe I alluded to. Part of what had me concerned is just how. This was the third straight game Iowa's faced a team that's more desperate than them. Uh, a Michigan State team that's 2-6 and six in conference is going to do everything that they can not to be 2-6 and six in conference leaving the game. They're 2-7, and seven, you know what I mean. And really, they truly regressed to the mean after those 10 minutes because they made their first six, and then the rest of the way they went 6-4, 23, which is just over 25%. And that's totally livable. The problem, though, is that Iowa gave up arguably Michigan State's best offensive half that first half. They were still able to be on the right side of it, but you don't want to be there. And then ultimately, like you look at kind of the Michigan State thing, I was looking in Ken Palm, as I am wont to do after these games. And that was Michigan State's second best offensive game by points per possession at 1.2 points per possession. And that's normally a very losing number 
for Iowa from a defensive perspective. Thankfully, you know, they were able to to score uh, 1.29, 1.30. So not, not fun. Uh, the thing that concerned me as much as anything is, man, they had to manufacture offense in a way that um, they've not necessarily done all season. Uh, the um, three ball. Well, what, is what does just, Iowa do if Jack Nungy doesn't have his best game of the year? I I mean, the, that's just why you have depth. I, I guess. Is I mean, really yeah. What it comes down I, to. I guess. I mean, we have that tool in our toolbox. We use it. No excuses, but my, but, point, I mean, still, fair, my, my point still stands. That's that's a fair point. Jack Nungy has been on an absolute tear the last three or four games. Joe Toussaint, kind of out of nowhere, played as good a game as he's played. Six assists, one turnover. I mean, those are not numbers you expect from Joe Toussaint. And we needed so, all ten. Of, we needed all ten of his points. Each of his points came at a critical time. Yeah, I mean, those two played great. Keegan Murray is officially like just quietly playing well. Um, and then McPatrick, I thought he had more than great. four points because he played so incredibly and, and his points were so kind of wow they, they were back to back it feels like that but it's like you know he had a great game he's you know we said at the very beginning of the year this year you know last year we kind of we'll just call it a wash i think we should uh-huh. uh we said at the beginning of this year you know he's finally starting to look like a fringe five-star recruit and then i don't think anything happened it's just like there wasn't really room for him uh, and we maybe I guess something did happen. We we weren't playing, you know, Northern Iowa or Iowa State um, anymore. But I guess now, you know, maybe the game's just coming to him. He, he's growing. He's still a really young guy. And um, I think I don't know. I thought about it with with Tucson with the the sportsman or top ten play between Tucson and, mm-hmm. and and McCaffrey. And I think you know they they were roommates freshman year right Fran put them both together at Hillcrest so I think maybe having someone like Toussaint play as much and as well as he did uh might have helped McCaffrey too you know it's a psychological family a psychological game or a psychological team um I think you know as one person's stock rises you know rising tide lifts all boats and I think that was true tonight for you know Joe Toussaint's play all around and that affected Patrick McCaffrey, perhaps most positively more than anybody else. Yeah. I think going back to your first question, what's the story outside of free throws? And really it's, it's kind of the youth movement. Like, I mean, I I don't want to undersell the, the value of Iowa's experience in that starting lineup, but I mean, those are four freshmen, two sophomores um, who played really well. Now, Jack Nungy is, as old as we are now, um, but still sophomore eligibility. So <laughs> it's like, I mean, these guys come in and, and they change the game. Fran really kind of put the game in their hands. And it was it was impressive to, to see them kind of close out a game. Um, maybe a year or two before, that's kind of what we're seeing from them. Um, you know, it's... It, they're just kind of smart players. They have, they're a little more, a lot more athletically gifted than a lot of uh, the starters. So they just provide that different gear, right. That puts um, 
you know, that allows them to play defense a little differently, uh, get in a little more space. And, and I think that's part of the reason that uh, Michigan State wasn't quite as strong offensively in, in that second half because they went from, well, let's see if I can get it quick. Um, yeah, they had 1.338 points per possession per stat broadcast in that first half and then 1.06 in the second half. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, you, you'd like to see – both of those numbers be a little lower uh, because the, the scoring pace for Iowa was hard to sustain, but man, it, it was uh, my, my jaw was totally clenched through that, throughout that whole game. Never let up. I mean, yeah, I didn't really lead up uh, until Bohannon hit the free throws to seal it. Uh, going back to your point with the youth movement. And I think this is maybe a little bit of Homerism and, uh, I don't know what else to call it, what, what word to use. But, you know, I know he only played three minutes, and I don't think he played in the second half at all. Talk about Aaron, Aaron Eolas. Did he play in the second half? I don't think he did. No. Um, but in a vacuum, the play that ended the half, if you had just seen that, him on that play, and I told you, you know, that was Tyler Eulis's brother, you would think, oh, he, he's a, you know, fringe all-conference player. If you just saw that. Like, he looked, he looked like a guy who – didn't just come off the bench. He wasn't going to play only three minutes that night. Like, and I, you know, though he, Andy sunk, you know, I think he's the only, he's the only player on the team with a hundred percent free throw percentage for the night. He sunk both those free throws to give Iowa a five point lead at, 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 uh, at the break in a game where they were in a, in a half, they trailed, I think 17 to the 20 minutes. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're down by, we're down by 11 as much. Um, and so I think that was just huge too, to, uh, have that to go into the locker room off of, uh, the youth movement, especially, you know, the team <laughs> feels so weird to say this, but yeah, you're right. They looked a little bit old, um, tonight and it's, <laughs> it's maybe it's the wear and tear of the season. Maybe it's the fact that Bo Hannon isn't able to get separation lately and isn't lighting up the box score and that, and then we don't have another shooter really with Frederick is hurt, um, more or less, but it was kind of funny, you know, at the end of the game, they whistled. Uh, whistled to bring in Bohannon and Wieskamp, you know, two of the older guys to uh, to just like close it out. You know, the 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 youths had set the table for the win, and we Iowa put in its old grizzled closers to to seal the deal, take the clamps uh, off because they they were just feeding guards in the post and four green shirts for running running right right to the middle <laughs> the, the last uh, eight or so minutes of that game, and uh, I mean, yeah. That's what they should have been doing. So finally, um, took some relief off of him and uh, sent in. I don't know who, which, who's a baseball man to refer. I mean, usually young guys are closers. So I don't know. The only one I can think of is Trevor Hoffman, and that's uh, closers are dead. I think right. Like I, I yeah, think that's the thing in baseball now. So yeah, I don't know. So Moneyball killed him. Yeah, but I guess the the point remains, right? I mean, Trevor Trevor Hoffman's old as old as dirt. So so are you know Joe Wieskamp and Jordan Bohannon. So they they go in and, and close it just like they're supposed to do. I, I think what really highlighted how um, weird that lineup was for me. Uh, talking about it was Garza and Nunji, and then Toussaint Perkins, and I think that the the other guy they had out there was Murray. Was um, to get uh Garza a clean post up what they did is they actually used Tony Perkins um to like kind of dribble drive 
from the wing towards the lane and then give Garza a nice clean baseline. And it, it was wild because, you know, with Connor, it's just so easy just to give him the ball and just have him flick it however, and Garza can, can scoop it up. But um, the craftiness and kind of the, the ability to execute, I, that really impressed me because these young kids are not making mistakes. Um, and that's been kind of the hallmark of this Iowa team period is really not to make mistakes. Their um, turnovers are 13.2% top three in the country um, in terms of turnover rate. And and tonight, you know, leaning into the young guys a little more. And they had five turnovers um, in a game that, you know, when when you – The fifth one came – I remember I wrote that down on my notes too. I think the fifth one came the last 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, the fifth one was that – the the, the, um, 24 – 24, the shot clock violation. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. With the old guys out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, Gar- Garza with the ball in his hands and the buzzer going off. Like, you can't believe that. You never would expect to see that. And, like, you could hear the bench. You know, he, he, I think he, he had time to get the shot off. You could hear the bench screaming at him. Yeah, he, he thought he had one extra second. Yeah, just kind of going through this box score, it really is wild. I mean, the, the two double-digit guys other than Garza, you mentioned it, being Nunji and, and Toussaint. I thought Nunji did really kind of what I want to see Connor do more in, in terms of, like, he made his two threes, which is fantastic, right? If you make one, take the next one. That's kind of my uh, how, how I feel about Nunji and, and yeah. Connor, Connor shooting. But then, like, he didn't just settle for that the rest of the game. He had – um, that real nice drive where he could have taken the three, but with the shot clock going down, he drew another foul, actually fouled out the guy who had really, for my money, been the best on Garza all night and in his 11 minutes and Marcus Bingham. And, you know, I mean, these crazy, I mean, Keegan Murray had four rebounds, all offensive, just incredible. What, what what these guys? He has such a way to slink and slither. I mean, he's at the three point line whenever the shot is made, and then he's able to just slink in between the guys under the post and come down with the rebound. It's pretty remarkable, and you know, I just hate to look ahead because this team is so good. I mean, really, I, it just it feels like it's doing a disservice uh, to the 2020, uh, 2019, 2020 Hawks. Yeah. I- it's like uh, we we need to see how, how this team can can finish out the season um, because I, I was teetering. <laughs> like I I think you did a, a nice job uh, when when we chatted after the Illinois game to say ah oh, it's Illinois it's at, on the road, um, but I was still kind of teetering and I think maybe this kind of progresses us into kind of a little bit of a broader discussion for the rest of the Big Ten because I. You know, I was down about Iowa's Big Ten chances, and hey, that's fine, what it is. But right now, there are five teams that have four or less losses. And that really kind of stuck out to me, because it's Michigan with one, Iowa, Illinois with three at seven and three, Ohio State at eight and four, and then Wisconsin at seven and four. And like... To be honest, some of this stuff, it's, it's 
it was a little encouraging just to see Iowa win. They're, they're going to have to keep winning that way um, because um, Fran's postgame uh, comments made it seem like Frederick is very far away from 100%. And um, for Iowa to manufacture offense, it's not going to be as beautiful as it has been. So um, to me, that's kind of the concerning thing. But the encouraging thing is like, hey, they only have to add one game back to the schedule. Uh, Nebraska, hopefully that should be a W. And then they, they, you know, they get their shots against Ohio State and Wisconsin and they can um, you know, have the tiebreaker potentially against Michigan, who will have to play, uh, what what is this, 11 games um, it, it, in the final six weeks, call it. Um, and you know what? Weird things happen. So, hey, Iowa doesn't need to finish with three losses. They need to finish with four or five losses. And maybe, maybe they can, maybe that can happen. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. I completely followed you there, but I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I guess the only my it's funny you said you know I kind of helped you bring you back down to earth after you know my calmness after the Illinois loss last week. I was I was angrier about the Illinois loss after today <laughs> <laughs> because like I would did things against I mean I you know it's just part of learning and coach we're we are just seeing I think Fran do things this season that he wouldn't I don't think he would dream of doing in the past with the the lineups he's been going with I think and I just think his hand has been totally and completely forced um by you know Bohannon's inability and then Frederick getting injured and then you know Connor getting uh hurt in the, in that game that left him out a couple weeks ago whichever I can't remember who they were playing Rutgers um Rutgers yeah yeah so I guess he's just being forced to take an experiment but like we've always like the the knocks on Fran have always been you know defense and Honestly, like turnovers, like usually this team, I think this team generally is hovering at least over 10, around over 10 turnovers a game, I think, historically. Um, and I'm not sure where they are at uh, th- this year, but, uh, you know, being able to put, I guess it's kind of reminds me now, I just hate it, like, you know, playing up to competition or down to competition, which I don't think is happening. Um, but it, it just kind of feels like that. And, so I guess just now, you know, I, I'm just glad he's able to take the lessons he learned from Illinois and apply them to Michigan State. And then he'll take the lessons from Michigan State and apply them to Ohio State. And, I, you know, I just, like I said, I just can't see him making these decisions in the past. And I'm just glad. Um, you know, I, I'm Fran's biggest fan. I really am. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a staunch, staunch defender of him. And I, I'm, this is – I just feel vindicated of sorts um, right now by, by his um, – abilities um uh on court fashion aside yeah the 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 on court fashion i think that that might we might need to have a reprieve of that column ben uh going into the uh going into the tournament if we get there but i think your 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 biggest point is like distilled perfectly into um in my opinion the joe tucson Right, I mean, his minutes have been hovering, you know, at like ten. Yeah, 10 and he maybe. wanted 
and we wanted 18 and tonight he got 21 and obviously you know uh, one hand what is it uh one hand washes the other because you know was, he obviously had a more impressive stat book because he got more minutes but like at the same time you know this is what we've been fucking saying <laughs> yeah and he's getting more minutes because he's playing better i mean that's that's exactly it and he he has played so controlled the last couple of games. I think maybe a little sideways against Illinois. Um, really, I think the mistake, right? You, you kind of trace, oh, where was the mistake? The mistake was playing him only eight minutes against Indiana. You saw that go up. You saw that ramp up. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and I think if what I had kind of called for is, hey, if Bohannon doesn't have it, and he made his shot, his first three, and, and seemed fine, made a shot in the lane. Um, don't be afraid to go to Tucson. And, and maybe more importantly, don't be afraid to play Bohannon off the ball. And I think the issue was, and this led they to – They did that tonight. Yeah, very briefly. And then Tucson got fouled. Ulyss went in. And it's just like he is trying to manufacture some of that shooting in a way that he can't because you have to guard Joe Tucson. Like, I, I think even if you give him six feet of coverage, you're guarding him down, you know, at the elbow and he's got the ball at the top of the key. It's you're, you're still going to have to protect against the space that he can create. And Bohannon so good at taking advantage of small spaces. Tucson is great at creating bigger spaces, in my opinion, or at least taking advantage of the bigger spaces. Um, and man, I mean, if, if Iowa gets games like that out of Tucson, it's it's huge because it 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 just lessens the load that Bohannon needs to carry because I think this was probably Bohannon's worst game in an Iowa victory, which is totally fine. Like he did exactly what he needs to do: make open shots, don't turn it over, hit the free throws at the end. To me, that's you know that that's like a a, a Gordy Howe hat trick. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, right. but. But uh, to you know, it, it that's a I, I could not have been more pleased with how kind of the backcourt rotation went tonight because that was a big big concern of mine. Yeah, see, I'm not concerned about. Well, I, you know, I'm not concerned about Bohan. I'm, I guess, disappointed. <laughs> oh, would be the thing. But here, here's where I'm just kind of curious with this game lately. Like, he only had three attempts from from three tonight, and it just seems like they weren't. He wasn't trying to get open looks. I, they weren't going out of their way to get him looks like they can feed Bohannon and get him looks. They've done it before. And I just don't really, and it's, and tonight seemed like a game to do that. I, I just don't really understand. And then he made his, his first one was from the logo and he made it. I don't really, it just kind of, kind of felt like they didn't even try to score that way. Yeah, it's funny because I think it was Nick Bahey. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but the, the color commentator. And he's like, you know, I think jo- Jordan Bohannon needs to hunt his shots more. And, and this is just kind of the the thing that's interesting about this team because I could say that about four or five different guys. Um, I think Frederick, when he's on the court, he needs to be looking to shoot if he's healthy. And who knows? Like, I, I mean, to me, I think that's kind of the takeaways. Like, eh, who knows? Wieskamp, he needs to hunt for shots. So I guess just two, all right. But whenever Garza has it, he he's hunting for shots. Um, but there, there. Ultimately, it just comes down to there are only so many shots in a game. No matter you know, especially if I was making them at a high clip, 
it's not like there are a lot of turnarounds. So it, it, his game is so rhythm based, I guess is ultimately what it comes down to that. It's like, if he's feeling it, you want him to hunt him. If he's not, you know, um, I would not necessarily like to see an O freight performance from him, but that going back to Indiana, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. I, I think your point though, about trying to get him sets run for open shots is they need to just leverage him more as an off guard. It is ultimately what that comes down to. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's just weird, I guess, because we've never, I mean, what we, well, we would just call it, I guess, in basketball terms is he's being a little unselfish and we've never mm-hmm. called, we've never, I don't think we've ever called Jordan Bohannon unselfish before. Not to say he's selfish, but he's just, you know, that's his game. Um, and, you know, I guess going back to my previous point about coach learning and adapting and, it's interesting. I mean, granted, he's kind of had to based off of um, hip surgeries, being older, and I mean, honestly, kind of the game passing him by. Um, Bohannon's been able to carve a carve a role around uh, his play, and also, I, I do. I mean, that, I think that's a little harsh saying the game passing by. <laughs> I guess I do want to end this. My comments on Bohannon is this happened at the beginning of the year, and then he had that huge tear. Uh, against UNC and um, I don't even know who else. And then now he's kind of in that swoon again. And if he can um, get back on the roller coaster right when he need him to, like I won't be surprised and I'll be freaking cheering for him as hard as I can. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're wise to say passed him by um, because I, I think that the best point guard for Iowa is Jordan Bohannon when he's making shots, because Defensively, he looks a little better um, this year versus last year. I think he's in as great a shape as he's ever been. He looks great finishing inside of the three-point arc. Like, I think he, the numbers bear that out pretty pretty significantly. Um, like he's he's shooting fifty percent, just eleven and twenty-two um, versus being a thirty-seven percent shooter career from from two-point land, um, but he doesn't always need to be what he's great at. And to your point, he's done that very well. He's average. He's going to, I mean, he's going to leave Iowa as an all time assist guy simply because, you know, kind of those first three years he was, um, you know, the guy who had to be point guard. Right. Um, which is a little unfair to him, but Mm -hmm. this year, I think he's made a very concerted effort to lean into point guard things, lean into shooting guard things. And, you know, Iowa just hasn't needed him to shoot as many free throws because a lot of these wins have been by double digits. Um, but he's still, I think, um, the second, if not third, most important player. And, and maybe it's just a bucket of, well, Jordan Bohannon and Joe Toussaint together are the, the third most important player. Um, but, you know, you take wins ultimately – in this league against, especially against Michigan state, however you can get them. I'm not looking this win in the face. I, I, I wanted Iowa to, you know, have a one game winning streak instead of a three game losing streak. So to, to be on the right side of that to me is, is the biggest takeaway, especially because, you know, as we, as we look ahead playing Ohio state, a team that's, you know, red hot. Um, and then uh, Indiana again on the road, um, Sunday, uh, 
Super Bowl Sunday. That'll be fun as always. Um, you know, they they just it's I'm getting optimistic again, I guess is ultimately <laughs> where I come down on this, especially because uh, I think beating Ohio State would finally be that signature win that Iowa has lacked so far this year. I mean, hey, man, being the third best player on a team that's got the best player in the country on it is hella high praise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm with you all the way. We, uh, you know, it just it, it, it feels like this is how I expected this time to feel, I guess. As an Iowa basketball fan, this is kind of where I expected us to be. I really did. Okay, uh, I I think what if we're like taking stock at the halfway point, I think that the thing that really stinks is losing losing that first game to to Minnesota. Now I, I would kind of come back and say, well, would Iowa win five straight if they had lost to Minnesota, or if they had beaten Minnesota as well? Well, that's kind of a dumb what if, right? I yeah. mean, it gets back to my stupid Colin Cowherd point from from the last post game one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think it's not going to be easy is your ultimate point. And every every conference has team good teams lose this time of year. It's just a matter of, hey, not letting a, a two-game losing streak turn into a three-game losing streak. And, and Iowa did that tonight. And, I, I you know, if Iowa were, were to lose tonight, I really – I, I think I'd overreact quite a bit. I think, or not even, I think, or maybe pro- properly act, properly react rather. You know, it would just feel like the evidence is there for the wheels coming off. This team is tired. It's old. It's hairy. Um, uh, you know, it's injured. It's injured. The Fran February fade. You know, I don't think it's really a thing, but maybe it kind of is a thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and there's just so much rat poison going on around. I, I think the rhetoric, uh, I didn't spend really any time at all on Twitter, uh, during or after this game. So I don't know what people are saying or thinking, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just waiting till March, man. Really. That's all we can do. I'm when, when the games are supposed to win and make it to March, they, you know, I think a two seed is probably the most likely thing, then I think that's fine for this Iowa team. Yeah. I mean, I would be absolutely overjoyed if Iowa was able to, to get a two seed, Like I, I, all things considered, I I think probably the the winner of the big 10 may not even get a, a one seed, depending on how that shakes out What that looks like. Yes, they will. If it's, if it's a 14 and 16 team, like like, I mean, Iowa, what I would suspect is, like, we see four Big Ten teams get the two line all together just because they can't determine one from the other. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know which is which. Yeah, and that would be the most Big Ten thing of all time. And, frankly, I, I would be okay with that because that, that would, you know, you know, four of the best eight teams in the country. But, so you're telling me you think if Iowa, let's say we lose two more games. No, well. Well, like I'm, try- 50- I'm trying to think of a situation where we win the Big Ten, we're not a one seed. It would probably be 
if so Baylor Gonzaga those are kind of the the locks those are locks right locks and I think what it would take for probably the Big Ten regular season champion not to get a one seed is if it's like some like a a tie multiple teams at fourteen and six, um, which is very possible right now, uh, and then um, uh, if the, if they were to not do well in the conference tournament, now I, I think I, I say it jokingly, but like I, I can honestly see. Truly, like you know, if Michigan if Michigan finishes sixteen and four, seventeen and three, that's a one seed. I don't care how they do in the conference tournament. Um, and to me, I think you know, barring Iowa going on a, a nine game winning streak, certainly possible. Um, maybe their ceiling's a two seed, so that that's why I would be super happy with that. And, and maybe it is the, their ceiling, but also the most likely two things can be the same. I've always said that two things can be true at the same time. People often forget that. It, it's, it's, it's something that I often come back to because it, like s- some of the things we argue as a culture, especially in Iowa culture, sometimes like, Hey, Iowa can, cause like this can be a good I, win, but also score points and still have a Phil Parker defense. Oh boy, that's that's another topic for another day, Ben. That's an- uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, another day. You mean all the entirety of the fall? But you know, I don't want a boy can dream. I don't want to talk about Iowa football on our Iowa basketball co- podcast. I agree. I agree. So I guess uh, we, we touched on a couple broader thoughts. Is there anything else that that you wanted to hit before we wrapped up this this instant reaction, so, so to speak? I don't know the first thing about Ohio State. I know. Like I, I'm I'm really EJ Liddell, he's a very interesting player because he's like six six, six seven, but basically plays as their center a lot of the time. I've seen them twice really? or three times. He's an intriguing ball player. Like he doesn't shoot threes at all. Um at least I, that's okay. that's what I have oh, seen. You're right. Yeah. Um 10 of 36, so that, that's an over uh, an exaggeration. But he's he's an interesting guy. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Kyle Young. I forgot about him. I mean, the the guy I remember, unfortunately, is Justin Aarons and then uh, DJ Carton, who is no longer on the team. I, rem- I, I, I know. I think of, yes, I think of Ohio night. State. <laughs> and I think of an absent an absentee guy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so right. silly. That's a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, number seven feels like a little bit of an over. They lost to Purdue twice. I think it's, it's impossible to lo- overlook away wins at Illinois and Wisconsin. And at Rutgers. And at Rutgers, I guess. So they're what? They're they're two and two against ranked teams. Ah, three and two. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, they have that bad loss to Northwestern. I mean, that's a bad loss now. 
Um, yeah. And like you said, the two losses to Purdue. But sometimes teams are just bad matchups. Like, I, I know. Think that, uh, I'm afraid. That's that's what has me uh, afraid of Sunday. For Sunday. That. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All righty, Ben. It was a pleasure chatting as always. As always. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss a lot of I'm gonna miss a lot of the game on Thursday too. Shoot. Okay. So so you're saying that the amount of Ohio State you'll see uh, as of this moment will be roughly the same as the amount of Ohio State you'll see this time on Thursday. Yeah, I'll see the last ten minutes of the game. That's about it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, I think well, just I, I love how to to plan these podcasts while we're live on the air. Um, yeah. And it's something that can be That's easily it. edited out, but I we choose not producer. to. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we we do well now because that's the Super Bowl Sunday. What time is this game? Let's see. This game's at six on Thursday. Oh, on Sunday the game is at yeah on Sunday it is an eleven o'clock tip Shit. off. Oh. I could do I could do a pod at eleven. I'll be one o'clock or whatever. In here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's plan on that by unless Iowa looks like absolute poo poo the next yeah. two games so for ben ross i am harrison star that is the pants party after party <laughs>